0: Hey guys, what's going on? This is David Avalon with my co-host Robert Drysdale for another episode of Breaking the Guard. In today's episode, we have a very special guest, ADCC defending absolute champion, IBGF world champion, and just all-around superstar, Andre Galvao. As I said, he holds the record for defending the ADCC title. Uh, Four times in a row. He won in his weight class and the absolute in 2011. And then defended his title in 2013, 15, 17, and 19. So the guy is legit as they come. I think he's the the GOAT right now. Um, And we get to talk uh, quite a bit about him, We had a long conversation. It was like an hour and 40 minutes. And uh, he was open to talking about anything. So it was very, uh, very cool. We started off actually talking about the matchup between Craig Jones and Vinny Magalès at the submission underground. There's a spoiler in the interview, so if you haven't watched that match yet, you might want to watch it first, then listen in. Uh, Then we talk about his approach to competition and his mindset and the environment that he tries to keep around him. And I thought it was very interesting, though, his answer, because he went into a lot of depth. And it's very simple. It's something that anybody can practice, but I don't think most people do uh, because they take it for granted or they don't realize the importance of what he's preaching. Uh, he also talks a little bit about uh, him and Robert have a shared history, of course. They both train on the Tereré, and they talk about how it was like being on that team and also why that team started to fall apart and the learning lessons that he picked up from it and how it changed his life. And uh, we then also talk about his coaching approach, uh, because... He's one of the rare athletes that not only is an exceptional athlete, but he's also an exceptional coach, having one of the the best teams in the world. So we talked about the things that he's able to translate from his own experience onto his athletes. And uh, finally, we talked a little bit about life and relationships and how his relationship with his wife has made him stronger and also with his faith. So uh, it's an all-around encompassing conversation that I think is very enlightening. So. I hope you guys enjoy it, and like I said, it's pretty long, so you might have to do it in a couple takes, (laughs) but I'm sure it'll be worth it. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. Before we get started, we'll thank one of our sponsors, which is DrysdaleBJJOnline.com. Of course, this is Robert's video portal, where he has various courses that he offers there. And um, again, they're very specific and targeted, so it's not like just a general course. He has nine mo- fundamental mount submissions, the most important back attacks, and his new course with Felipe Andrew, the number one ranked IBJJF black belt, which is leg locks in the gi. He has it actually in both English and in Portuguese. So if you're Brazilian, you got a course that's special for you. Okay, And it, again, it focuses on uh, Felipe's unique way of attacking the footlock. Uh, very effective and it works without the gi all right he's a IBGF competitor so you want to make sure you made a course specific to them but it'll work just the same without it so you should definitely check that out and again you can visit drysdale to order hey guys what's going on David Avalon here with my co-host Robert Drysdale for the Breaking the Guard podcast and today we have a very special guest multiple time ADC world champion IBGF world champion just an all around living legend in jiu-jitsu Andre Galdao. thank you Andre for joining me how are
1: you I'm doing great man thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure thank you
0: you know right. I have to yeah. go ahead I'm, I'm sorry Rob I'm just going to start off with one topical news item, because I I just saw it, the Vinny Magalès with uh, Craig Jones, and holy crap, (laughs) spoiler alert for anybody who didn't see that, Um, Craig Jones won by injury default, I guess, but I don't know if you got to see that, but man, Vinny's foot was turned completely 180, that's totally nuts, what did you think about that, Andre?
1: Man, I knew like Vinny, um, it's really flexible. I knew it. Um, I knew that he would resist the heel hooks. Uh, it surprised me that he got injured because I saw him before the, in those situations. He's, he's always like did really well, but, but Craig, like, Craig did a such a great job in a way of like snapping, you know, the, the, the heel hook, you know, so yeah. it was. Like, Vinny, like, didn't tap, right? But he's a yeah, warrior. he
0: didn't. Crazy, no, absolutely crazy. savage. But,
1: like, he got hurt, you know? Like, I don't know if he does he, like, tear his ligaments, probably, right? Probably. Well, well, from what I
0: saw, it looks like he got an ankle dislocation, which is probably a better thing because his knee wasn't really affected. And he said, so, like, I saw he posted afterwards. He said his knee is fine. He didn't pop no. his knee at all. Wow. He said his ankle popped. And that's, I guess, Craig stopped for a moment because he heard it. And I guess he broke a bone
1: in his ankle. Ooh. Wow, he's so flexible, man. Unbelievable. Yeah.
0: You know what
2: it is? It's, it's a testament to Craig's power, too. Because I've trained with Vinny. I've fought him. I've heel-hooked him before. You can't move his foot. It's like trying to move like a metal pole. Like, you can't move it. It's just too, that the ligament is too strong. Like, the foot, the joint is just too powerful. You can't move it at all. I think that Craig must have been applying a ridiculous amount of pressure to do that. To any other human half the pressure would have done the job, but Vinny's exceptionally strong there. So, yeah. it's yeah, it's it's I think Craig's heel hooks are really at a different level, man. There's that's, that's all I can say.
1: But uh Vinny, he's like really really flexible on the joints. Like remember when Fabrizio Verdun got an armbar yeah. on him at yeah, HCC, yeah. And Fabrizio is huge, he's really tall. So he have a, such a great leverage, but Vini like was with the arm like straight like this, and he was there like for like a minute. I don't know, maybe more, longer, and he didn't tap. So he has a crazy, crazy uh, joint, you know, flexibility.
2: Yeah, you can't really attack his joints. I mean, it's kind of like a waste of energy. It's like you yeah. know, it, you can't. I've Craig is the first guy I've ever seen actually win by, not by submission like you guys were talking about, by you know, injury from injuring his joint. But like that's unheard of with Vinny.
0: Yeah. It is pretty remarkable. I I remember watching it. And I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I've had problems with knees, so when I see that foot turn around, I'm like, oh god!
1: Yeah, it was crazy. But,
0: but not even once. It was two times because he escaped <laughs> one of them, and then I got in again and turned it. I'm like, oh my so god! So they they,
1: po- they post like a small clip on Instagram, and yeah. my wife like she was she saw the picture of the the, the video, you know. And she's like, oh, she's like, watch it, watch it, see if it broke. Like, I don't want to watch it. She gave the phone to me, and like, <laughs> and I was watching for her. And she was like, what happened, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah,
2: man. Um, but uh, Andre, like, uh, you know, this is a question you've answered a million times, but, like, I haven't heard it from you um how are you guys dealing with all this man like you have a team around the world and i'm I'm, i know you're tired of answering this question but i do you have any strategies that we don't know like that's my question give me give me some strategies that i don't (laughs) want to wear because i don't know what to do i don't have any great ideas
1: yeah definitely like you got us like uh it surprised everyone right um we have a lot of affiliates and uh we have a lot of members worldwide and it's not everyone that has like a big gym, right? Some people they have like smaller gyms, um, but until now, like everyone is being supporting the team still. You know, we have been, like supported them as well. Uh, thankfully, we have uh, the online platform, so we're providing the training there. Uh, I send like a code to all the affiliates, so where they can go. Even like the the students from all the affiliates, where they can. They can still like learning jujitsu from there, um, but we know it's not easy. Like it's not the same like going to the gym and sweat and you know and and have fun with your friends. Um, but we've been like we communicating a lot like uh, via emails, you know. Um, until now, we didn't have like people that uh, like call us, you know, about it, you know. So we we gave suggestions, you know in the things that they're supposed to do. Um, and each place is different, you know? Each place is different. Like California is not, is not the same as Washington, DC. Yeah. It's not the same as in Japan. It's not the same in Australia. So everywhere is different, you know? So if I tell people to do what I'm doing here, you know, it's, maybe it's not gonna work where they are, you know? So we just like, needs to, to be smart on that. We gave like tips, you know, in the way of like communicating to students. And I, we, you know, we here from Atos HQ, we provide to all the students from all the association, all the affiliates, uh, the online platform. So that way we help those who own the gym, affiliates,
2: yeah. you know, and
1: the students feel like, oh, you know, uh, we are getting something, you know, so it's, it's, it's what we did here.
2: Yeah, we we do the same thing. I've been doing the same thing, but like you know, I always joke around. Like the students are stuck doing the two things they hate the most: warm ups and positions. Yeah. Oh. The, thing, the one thing they hate to do. That's that's what we get to do now. So it's yeah. you know, you got to be really in love with jujitsu to continue training when you can't get to. You know, we we like to we like to try to kill each other. That's the fun part, you know. And we're missing out on that.
0: You know, you imagine how this would have gone down before the internet, <laughs> because well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People would have been going crazier. Because...
1: Imagine before like before anything, right before yeah. before even like imagine like Paketa would be rich right now. That's true That's <laughs> true. He's the only one we, he would, the only
2: person with content was Paketa back in the days. only he had every single tournament. he was yeah. like, below times 10. yeah yeah Good point. <laughs> but uh, Andre, like let me uh, um, you know we don't talk i was just thinking I mean me and me, sure me, Dave was thinking the same thing. It's easy to come up with questions for you because you've had a very extensive career. You know, no gi, no gi, MMA as a coach. you got one of the biggest jiu-jitsu teams in the world. And we can talk about, you know, so many of your accomplishments. But I feel like, you know, maybe Dave wants to ask a thing or two about your your, your accomplishments. But what I really wanted to get into, man, is, you know, really, what is your mindset throughout your career? Because one thing I've always noticed about you, and I've always, I've never had that. I, I wish I had that. You really, really love to compete, you know. To me, yeah. competition was always like an uphill battle. Like I had to force myself on the mats, but it was not. It never came easy. It was always like, man, this is so hard for me, right? emotionally. Right, I like getting too nervous. Whereas mm. you, like, you really like to compete, and I think that is one of the key ingredients for your success. It's not your talent, of course, but also mm. your 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 love, your passion for being tested.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I I always love to compete as the same as I love uh, training. You know, I love to train. And I think that's, that's why I love to train so much because I love to compete too. I think it's a combination, you know? And I put those uh, two pieces together, you know? And you know, uh, we train a lot together, me and Robert. We become uh, good friends, you know, on the mat. We used to roll every day, train really hard. And I was there every day, training, training, training. And, and um, I, I just did that because the love that I have for what I, for what I do. You know, jiu-jitsu is definitely my passion. Uh, it's what I love most. Um, I believe, like, this, without jiu I don't know what I could do. I was, like, thinking, like, man, like, if I need to go and do something else, I know I can do something else, Right. But I don't know if I can do it with the same passion, you know. So I know I can succeed in other things too if I work hard. But I don't know if I would do it in the same way as I did in Jiu Jitsu because it's something that I really like and I really love it. And when I was going for a tournament, I was already expecting the feeling of winning the tournament, you know. I never focus in the feeling of losing the tournament, you know. I was, I was like, going to a tournament with the feeling like, man, like, this is one match that I will do, that I'll have that feeling of winning if I win this match. So I was, like, putting that feeling before I started the match, and then I was, like, already happy, you know, super motivated. I never was, like, worried about, like, oh, I can do this, I can do that, oh, maybe I'll lose, maybe not, you know? I was, like, so prepared all the time that I was always... Happy, you know. And when I had like someone tough in my bracket, like when I was blue belt, purple belt, you know, I was I was happy because after I I defeat that guy that was really tough in the bracket, I knew that my coach would be proud. I knew that my friends would be proud too of me, you know. I knew all that. And of course, the other way around happened too, you know. The the time that I was there and then I couldn't do really well and I end up losing you know but um, of course like nobody likes to lose we didn't born to lose right every time you go to do something you you have the positive mentality but uh, I, I just like love so much the pleasure of winning way more than the pleasure of losing because there's no pleasure of losing right <laughs> So I was always with this mindset, like, man, I'm so happy, and I remember like that feeling when you step on the first place of a tournament, man, it's amazing, you know you feel you feel like really good. And it was any tournament you, Robert knows, like I used to compete like every weekend in Brazil, every single weekend, uh, from my white belt days until my third year of black belt until 2008. it was my my last awards of worlds. Uh, world's uh, before I, I, I do MMA. So, during all that time from 1999, 1998, until 2008, I was there like every weekend. Like, I was trying to find a, a place, you know, a tournament to fight, you know, because, man, I, I had such a joy. And then the friends that I made after the fight, you know, the lessons that I learned after the fight, too. And I was a guy that I, I, I always like to test myself. And I remember, like, I, I joined tournaments where, where I used to I was a uh, blue belt and I was competing against black belts no Ogi, you know? And I always like to test myself. And sometimes, of course, like, I lost, right? But right away, I was, like, trying to fix my mistakes, you know? So I always have that pleasure of, like, winning, of course, but training hard to become good. But I think the key is, like, the joy that the training and the competition gave me, you know. So I think I never been like negative. I, I believe that's my strength. I always look towards the, the the bright side of of everything. Every time that I was fighting, you know.
0: So it sounds it's like you're very. Uh Your rewards-based, right? Because most people they say they're very—if they had to choose between a positive outcome or avoiding a negative outcome, they rather avoid a negative outcome, right? They're risk-averse. So this makes them less likely to get big goals, but they're less likely also to fail big. Whereas everything you're saying is kind of what you would expect for someone who's a high achiever—that your your goals, your reward-based. You're going out for the big trophy you're going out for the you're, you're not afraid of taking the risk and failing no. i think that's something that everybody can can definitely learn from because i think most people when they're going to a grappling tournament the fear is is what's driving them they go oh, I, I don't want to lose i don't want to upset my team i don't want to make coach feel bad and that puts all the pressure right like if you strip that away and you're just focusing on winning and yeah. The joy, and, and that's great that you mentioned that too, because you're you're tying the emotion. You're saying that you 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 anchor yourself to the feeling of winning, yeah. Which I think it's a very strong mental like imprint, you know. Versus just oh, I want to win a trophy. Like you no, know, you're like encapsulating the feeling of what it's like to be the champion and to be standing on the podium. It just makes the makes a, the goal stronger. So. Because I know we, we interviewed uh, a few people where they talk about how they're scared of training and, or they're scared of competition and all that. But it's good seeing it from the other point because obviously you're like a natural born <laughs> competitor. You enjoy stepping in and trying yourself. So I think those people can do with listening to what you're saying as far as like just enjoying the competition. Like, I know myself, Like I kind of, kind of identify with you. I've always liked competing. I started... With wrestling and, and wrestling, you compete like every other day. So you get used to competing and you enjoy it. And even the matches you, you lose sometimes, if it's a good battle, I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, like if I get to scrap with somebody and we go back and forth, there's no shame in that. Yeah. I know, Rob. I know, Rob, you're, you're on the other side of this, right? You're, you're a little yeah, more... No, I,
2: no I, I, best, I was going to follow that up with Andre because like... You know, it was, it's, to me. It was, it was, a, it was an effort in the sense where I told myself I had to, you know. But like the pressure and the punishment in my own head, if I lost, was so severe. Yeah. The the, 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 man, the with me, it wasn't even, oh, oh what other people are gonna think of you? I don't really don't care. It was a kind of like punishment I would inflict on myself if I didn't perform to my own standards, yeah. right? Like you have a standard you set for yourself, and if you're below that. You're, I was always really hard on myself. So my question to Andre was going to be, was this something that came naturally to you? Did Were you ever, because I remember, we met when you were a blue belt. I don't know if you remember.
1: Yeah. Right?
2: Like we were both really young and like way back in the day. And, but I remember like if at the time where, we you know, we started training with today, I would bump into you in every single tournament. And during that period, you were very active, right? That's the beginning of your career. I blue purple. You were every much, every competition you were there. How natural was this to you? Is this, would you say this is part of your, your, like your personality? Or is it one of those things that you had to shape over time? Like, talk about that journey of becoming how you are, because I'm sure that a lot of people struggle with that as well.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, um, I was like training so much. I was like so happy like learning jiu that I was like, trying to test myself all the time. And you mentioned one thing that I I start thinking right now, uh, it was like you you when you go to a tournament, like you have a 50 percent of chance to win or lose, right? It's like 50 50. You never know what can happen, and that's why you have that uh, excitement inside you like that, like the, the the butterflies, right? You just like feel that, and I felt that too, you know. Even though I was super motivated, looking towards like the bright side, I still feel have that feeling, because you just, like, you know, like, you, you don't want to get hurt. Like, you don't want to get surprised, right? But once you start controlling everything, everything is, like, kind of start getting normal to you. And, and I remember, like, when, let's say, every time that I lost, I never I never stopped training. Like, a lot of people, they lose, and they just feel like, oh, you know, like, right now, I'll just take a vacation. I'm just going to, like, be away from the mats. I need time to relax. I need to rest. Like, I always, like, I remember when I fought my first tournament as a black belt. I fought here at Pan, but my first year as a black belt, well, I had, like, two or three months of black belt. And I fought the World Cup, the one that he won, you beat Margarita, right? The one that he won, Robert won that one. In 2005, it was my first year as a black belt. I lost by, by rap decision to to Campos, right? Man, the same night, I went to the gym. I had the key of the gym. I opened up the gym, and I was there, like, training and drilling. You know, like, during, like, two, three hours, I was training and rolling with, <laughs> with my my girlfriend, was my wife, and some guys that was in the gym. And and they, like, man, and I, was, I was pissed, but I was motivated, you know? And then the week after, I went to Worlds, and then I won uh, all fights via submission, you know? So I always, like, felt that, like, super, super motivated, like, w- winning or lose. Like, both ways, like, motivate me, right? Um but, like, I feel like a lot of people, they, they think that, you know, they put so much pressure on them, you know, that they feel like they're obligated to, to, to win. And another thing that I feel that motivates me, Robert, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but I'm just adding things here, but uh, is I remember when I used to go by myself to fight, and everyone in the venue was cheering for the guy, from the local guy, and I was the guy from the outside. Man, that motivates me so much. I love to fight like that. I love to fight like, I love like, they're like cheering, cheering, cheering. And then like you sweep the guy and finish him and everybody's quiet. Man, like I love this, you know, I love this. And they're like, man, it's amazing. And, and I, I remember I did that so many times, so much. That's why when, when I go to fight, for example, a super fight, and then people put a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, all the beliefs and all the credit in that guy and not on me, these motivate me so much, you know, to go out there and just make everyone be quiet. And it's just like, what? You know? So I always have that feeling. So, and I think like, it's all about your mindset. It's all about like the perspective, the way you see things. Like, for example, like, I know that there, there are people like they're freaking out at this moment right now, of course, right? They don't know what to do. Like, what the heck? Like, you know, but if you only see the, the bad side, of course, you got to see the bad side sometimes, right? So you can make the right steps. But if you just look at that side, it's, it's, you, you'll be frozen. You can't move. So you got to have that hope. So I always see the bright side. I always keep motivated because I don't really know if things will get worse or if you get better. So I prefer to see the bright side where I will feel like, okay, so I'll pass through this. I've passed so many things in my life. I think like this is will be one more thing that, you know, if 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 things goes like wrong in that way that let's say, let's say worst case scenario, we need to like to close the gym, Jiu Jitsu is no more in the world, you know. So I'll find a way to do something, you know. I'll I'll find a way, you know. So what I can do, I just gotta move, right? So that's how I think, Robert. I don't know if I answer your question, no, but it's
2: good. that's I think. I, I, I think that you 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 do have, uh, whether you realize it or not, you have like a very, very positive outlook on things. And I think that's the, that's fundamental because, you know, I became more and more aware of this as I've gotten older. Like, I think when I was younger, I was less aware. But like now I see the importance of visualizing, tasting victory. You have to taste it, you have to feel mm-hmm. it even before you step on the mats. And it's hard to explain to people because I know what you're talking about. I've had performances when I step on the mats and I'm like, I'm not losing today. I just feel it, I know it. Right, I know it in my heart. It's my day to win, and there are days I walk in there I'm like, I don't want to be here. You know, yeah. And like, yeah. The, the trick is like, how do you get your mind into always wanting to be there, and yeah. feeling that that the, the excitement of victory that's like right ahead of you versus allowing like the negativity to take over. And I think that's a very unique talent that not everyone has. I think you can all develop it over time. We we can improve on it, but yeah. I, I think it's 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 uh it's probably one of the key factors for success in anything you do.
0: Yeah. I think so. I, I guess to follow up with that, Robert, Andre, like, do you have any rituals or whatnot that you do to whenever you go to compete? Because I, I find like what Robert is saying is true is like getting in the mindset, you know, as they call it, the zone, so to speak, yeah. is a key to being performing at your, your top level. Because when you're in your zone, I've, I've been in that state a few times and it's like you're unstoppable at that point. Like you're the best you're ever going to be. So I know in golf, they tell them, you know, they get the perfect swing you have to always, you have to capture that mindset when you hit that perfect swing yeah. and always get into it every time you swing. Yeah. So there's always a trick and usually there's rituals or whatnot that people do. So I'm just curious if there's anything that you always do every time you compete and
1: perform well. Sure. sure yes. Uh, throughout my career, like with the experience, I, I improve that, I think. Like I, I, I think I get better on that, Right. As I remember when I was younger right now, like when I was uh like a white belt competing a blue belt, so I remember like I was nervous, you know, but then like I started like doing a lot of burpees, like slap my face and like breathe hard, and I was like, oh, I was like get, trying to like make the nervous go away, you know, but truly, you can't make that nervous go away, you know' <laughs> you just not you just need to warm up really well, and I remember like the first fight is like. It's, like, the fight that you kind of, like, warm up not only your body, your lungs, but also you warm up your, your nerves, you know? Like, you you like, after you pass that, you kind of, like, feel like, okay, so now let's go, you know? The first one is, is like, the, the fight that you're just, like, oh, my God, you know? So, but, like, my, my ritual is uh, I, I try to be surrounded by good people, like, you know, my family. Uh, thankfully, I, I, I'm with my wife since 2004. She always, like, with me all the time, helped me. Uh, but before that, I have my, my mom, my dad, you know, uh, my, my brothers, um, and also, like, when I used to go to Cantagalo, I used to say we did it in friends, you know? And, you know, like, I, I just like to, I always sleep well before the tournament, you know? So a lot of people, they, they can't sleep and all that. I always sleep really well, because I was happy that I knew, like, next day, Was the day of like doing my best to show my work right to the world. Um, I like to eat well. Like if I need to cut weight, of course I pay attention what I eat. But if I don't, I just eat a nice pasta, you know, or or carbs in the morning. Um, And then like don't I don't take like any lunch. Let's say for five, like afternoon, I don't eat like lunch. Just have like a a, like a, a plate. You know like food like rice and everything in the morning, uh but no meat, I don't take meat, I take like uh more like fish or like nuts, you know and then um of course i watch I watch fights before I used to watch fights of people that i that I was looking up to, you know uh nowadays, I watch my fights and I watch like great athletes. I never focus in my in my competitor or the the person that I compete against. Like, I study my opponents because uh, if you see all my career, I have good strategies, like, in a way to, to win fights because I know the game of my, my, my opponent, of course. But I do that like months ahead, months before, especially if I know. But when, I, when the bracket is released, it's usually like the week of the tournament. That day is the only day that I study every single uh, opponent. And then all the other five, six days that I have, I just focus 100% on myself. That's it. So I know like the, their games, but I know like I got to focus in my fights. And of course, I watch other fighters like with a good technique. And you know, sometimes, you know, that maybe happen with you. Like you you fighting, you're training, and then you do a move and then you're like, dang, I just watched this move. I, I'm here doing that, you know? So you're not even drilled that, you just watch it. So it happened a lot with me. Uh, and I like to watch like uh, motivational stuff, like I like to watch, like, Michael Jordan highlights. I like to watch, like, great athletes, like, highlights, you know, where I see them, like, you talk, you talk about golf, of course, like, I watch, like, uh, Tiger Woods highlights, you know, like, he's a great athlete. Um, and, and I try to play golf. You talk about golf. I tried to play golf before, man. It's so hard. <laughs> and everything. I was trying to swing. I was like, Shh, think about a Brazilian playing golf. You know, it's so hard. <laughs> so, and then I'm like, man, this is so hard. That's why they make so much money, you know? It's so hard. Imagine it's adrenaline and everything. But yeah, that's what I try to do. And then I try to go to movie theaters, eat a good popcorn if I don't need to go wait, you know? I just like to enjoy. Because the day before, like, or the day off, it's the easiest part, you know it's the easiest the week of the tournament it's the easiest one. you already did everything that you're supposed to do you know I like to train in the in the week of the fight. I like to close my eyes and train with my eyes shut, you know just to feel like have a lot of feeling feeling not worry about too much the things that I see and of course like pumping up like myself with good music you know so I always like I always like try to enjoy and put myself in a Put in my mindset and my my mind my heart in a way that I have so much joy, you know like that that uh feeling of victory you know so i I, I always done that and it works really well
0: that's great you know yeah i I wasn't expecting all that that's pretty amazing, and it just goes to your point that essentially you're trying to be happy all the time yeah, it seems like common sense now that I think about it like yeah, if you're happy, you're probably going to be doing better and feeling better and
1: yeah really I, nice. I tell this to I tell this to my students sometimes I say guys, like no one can stop a happy person you know like if you're so happy if you have so much joy, you're so positive right like if you're if you're like happy, you're positive right like all the when you when you're really sad when you don't know like then you you can start like, oh you know I don't know like but when you're happy, nothing can stop you you know nothing can stop you and I always try to put myself on that, that like scenario, you know, where because the mind is tricky, you know, like the mind lies to you a lot. And I learned that since the beginning, you know, and a lot of times I, I kinda like rebuke bad thoughts, you know, because sometimes you're there and then and then like I remember like sometimes you find then you 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 imagine the guy like giving a guillotine on you. You're just like, ah, shut up, you know. <laughs> you know, like no, this is not this is lie, you know, this is doesn't exist. Like Let's go, and then you change, right away you change. Instead of you like accepting the guillotine is you like getting the guillotine but you already like taking down card and passing the guard, you know what I mean? Like you always like doing something, like you prepare yourself for the worst as well because think it's not gonna be so easy all the time. I visualize myself a lot as well. Like in uh, good spots of the fight, imagine my, I'm getting raised, but also I imagine myself escaping from like bad submissions and like getting out, not giving up, you know, I keep fighting to the end, and just doing that before a tournament, sometimes you feel you have the adrenaline feeling, yeah, pumping up. Like even like if it's days ahead, you 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 feel that, and I think it's good, you know. And and a week before, I just like I get that zone, you know, like where like I, I just like happy, you know, I'm happy, but at the same time I'm I'm focused, you know, so. I, I just, I just feel that I remember one time, like, look, I, I give it this as an example. And I give this as an example to my students as well. I remember one time when I signed the lease from my new, the new gym, right? Uh, Atos headquarters, like 7,000 square feet. It was the dream of my dreams. Okay. The gym of my dreams. I was so happy when I signed because it took me two years to find a spot. And that day I decided to train, man, I was so happy it could be anyone to train with me, I would like tap that person at least three times, you know? <laughs> I wasn't I was such a joy. I was like, man, everything I was doing was working, you know, wow, I'm like, I was so happy. So I think like, you've got to put your mind in that stage, that's in that mode, you know, where you're like, you're beast mode, but also you're, you're happy, you know? Because if you drive to the other side, if you drag your, your mindset to the other side, it's not gonna be fun you know and and people feel like oh have fun have fun but you don't know how it is to be there you know if you if you there was like times that i i i kind of like didn't do my ritual like in the proper way i didn't have my mind like set up in the proper uh in the proper stage that i supposed to be that like caused me like you know like that feeling of oh my god you know but every single time like well, most of the times that i that I put myself in that stage where I'm so happy, so thankful for everything, you know, and for all the training that I did, that all all the hard work that I did, I was like prepare mentally for sure because I think this is more important than than your train, you know, itself like by itself. So it's it's I, in agree. My, you know? I
2: agree. Um, Andre, you, you mentioned a minute ago, like first of all, like beautiful description of visualization. Me and Dave David talked about this a lot and or we're, we're on board with you. I think that's such a, a key uh, ingredient of performance. Underrated, in my opinion, right? But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, like, you mentioned something a minute ago about, like, being in the Cantagallo with... And I remember those days with a lot of nostalgia. Right? Yeah. Or, excuse me, yeah. to use the word saudades. Yeah, you can't translate it to English. Nostalgia is the closest thing to it. Yeah. But it was a really good time, man. And I said this in a recent interview. I think... Uh, um, you know, Tidede is probably the best coach I've ever had. And I have a lot of love and respect for all my coaches. But Tidede, he really had a special energy about him. And I'm not saying this to blow smoke up your butt, but you remind me a lot of him. I think you guys are very similar in a lot of ways. Whereas you bring a lot of energy everywhere you go. Like, you have the charisma. And I was wondering if that's just more of an accident or did you learn that from Tidede? Because he seemed to create that sort of energy in the room.
1: Definitely, I learned a lot with him, you know. I learned a lot, uh, lot uh, technique-wise, you know. But also, like, I learned a lot about believing myself with him more, you know. Um, he was really, really special, for sure. Definitely, like, a great coach. And um, today, it was amazing fighting as well. So he knew it, you know. He knew how to, to fight, you know. And he knew how to put that... Joy as well, you know, in, during the fight and with the beast mode, you know? I'm more towards the beast mode than him. He was like more like, ah, you know? But, uh, yeah, definitely I learned a lot with him, for sure. We talk a lot before, you know? And uh, there was times that when I was like brown belt, almost black belt, I was kind of like, man, like, uh, you know, from brown to black is such a huge difference. So I don't know how the future will come, you know, like it's going to be. And he always encouraged me, you know, having the right people uh, like around you. It's it's really important as well. People that will encourage you. Not like saying like saying like, no, you're the best. Everything will be okay. No, saying the truth, you know, saying the truth. Because everyone can come and say, oh, you know, you're going to win. don't need to train. And a lot of people do that. I don't think that's the right way. Right. But I think like in a way of like, man, you're well prepared, you're amazing, you know, and I believe you. So we are together, I'll be there for you. So I always I always learn a lot with him, for sure, from him, you know. Um, but, you know, even like nowadays, like sometimes I go fight, he send me attacks. Like he say, hey, you know, watch this, watch that, you know. Oh, pool guard, oh, stay on top. You know, sometimes he give me tips. Uh, even though he's not active, but he's pay attention, everything. So he's amazing. Definitely, like I'm very thankful for, for his life and and everything he done for the sports as well. You know, you've done something, Andre. That not only
0: are you, in my opinion, I think you're the goat right now. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I, th- I think not only because you've won, you know, a gi, no gi, you won ADCC, and you've also won multiple super fights now. But you've also done this in multiple weight classes. You know, so I think to me that. Like, a lot of people, and I, they say Marcelo is a go. I don't think so, because he's never done well fighting people outside of his weight class. But um, you have done well all around, and I think that puts you in a league at the top. But not only that, you're also one of the most successful coaches. So you've done, like, a Dan Gable type thing, where not only were you a world-class competitor, but now you're also a world-class coach. Like, what do you think – because not – most competitors don't really translate well into coaches because they know how to internalize their their processes but some people don't know how to explain that and pass it on to somebody else whereas you obviously have been able to do that really well When I I guess what types of things are you passing on to your students that you feel is making the biggest impact maybe something that other people aren't doing
1: yeah I think like people are different you know people think differently like, right now I'm sharing, like, what, I'm, what, I, what I like to do or what I used to do to fight and all that, um, how I prepare myself and everything. But people are different. Like, you probably, like, done, like, something, like, similar, you know, but not the same, right? People are different. And you got to respect that, of course. But you got to also recognize, like, when your, your um, athlete is being lazy, or when he's being real, you know, or when he needs to push himself or when he needs to slow down, you know? I was the type of person that today used to come to me and say, slow down, man, slow down, you know? So he was like being real with me. He's like, man, like, calm down, you're gonna get overtrained, you know? And I didn't understand that. But there's some guys that he's like, hey man, you gotta do a little bit more here, you know? So you can get your 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 goal, you know? So. In everywhere, I think in school is the same way, too. There are some people that, of course, like, giving, uh, cheering for them and motivating them, saying, like, encouraging words, of course, helps a lot. Um, but also, you need to understand, and that's why it's good for the coach to have a good relationship with the, with the athlete that he has. And it's pretty hard when you have, like, 20 guys on the mat that they all, like, really good. When you have just two or three, it's kind of like easy. Because you set up like a nice dinner, barbecue, just two, three. But every time that I need to set up something, I need to do a party. And it it's hard <laughs> like, to, <laughs> to talk with everyone, you know what I mean? So I just give my message like during the, like, the training. Like when we line up before and after classes, I try to give a message. Maybe like there is one person that I need to give a message. But I, I talk with the group. And then someone else can get that message as well. Right. Sometimes it's private as well because it's not like everyone that can get the message, you know, in the way that they want to explain. Sometimes you call the person Can I talk to you and then you talk and then you see like what's going on. Because you, you, have, you need to have that feeling, you know, like when the person is really willing to train or not or if the person is being lazy or not, right? Um, for example, I give you two examples here. Uh, I can give an example of Kaina Duarte right, he's amazing, he's really good, man, like, he doesn't train too much, you know, he he trains a lot, when he trains, he trains hard, but, like, he say, professor, he texts, professor, my body's sore, I gotta, like, just rest and sleep, I'm like, okay, all right, and it works like that, you know, he wasn't the guy, he wasn't the guy that, that the type of athlete that you need to push really hard in order, like, to make him, like, really sore, and then, like, feel that he's working hard. First, he's big, right? Yeah. He's heavyweights, they usually train less. And also, they have less fights. Lightweights, they, they have more fights. Like, uh, lightweight blue belts have, like, seven fights, you know, at Worlds. But uh, heavyweight blue belts have, like, maybe four fights, you know? So, you gotta, like, understand, and because I compete in different weight divisions, I pretty much, like, know, like, how the bracket works, what works to become a champion in that division. You know, when I was, like, blue belt with 70 years old, I was, like, featherweight. You know, I used to cut weight to be featherweight. And then I went up to, like, middle heavy as a black belt. So I know, like, the middle heavy, like, have last fights. But, of course, I, I fought a middle heavy when I was, well, I was brown belt. I fought a middle heavy a couple times when I was purple belt as well. But I used to fight absolute a lot as well. You know, I always compete weight and absolute. So everything that I passed in my career, I think gave me the gave me the you know, the the capability to be on, on on the feet, you know, on the shoes of of my athletes, you know. So I be in that path, like I know what's going on with your mind. i be in that path where I wasn't winning for for a year, and then I start winning, win, win, winning, winning, winning. and then I start feeling like Oh, you know, I'm really good, you know? And then, like, you start, like, you got to slap in your face because you're being, like, so, like, arrogant, let's say, you know? And then you got to be humble again. So, so you need to, like, manage all that with your athletes because at the end of the day is the mindset. The mindset to train, the mindset to compete, and the mindset to see things. The mindset, the way he sees things, right? The way he sees opponents and the way uh, you see the training the way you see the tournament, so it all depends according like to the way you see things, you know. And I believe that I passed through a lot of things. Like I compete when I was sick, you know. I compete when I was hurt, you know. Like I trained when I was while I was hurt, you know. I know, I know the feeling. I know, I passed through all that. And I spend so much time on the mat. And sometimes people they think this is this is uh. They just see the, the, the side that you're winning, right? But they don't see, like, everything that you pass through. But I passed through a lot of things, you know? I remember, like, times that I was, like, like uh, sick. Like, sick. Like, having diarrhea, cramps, you know? Because I was, de- I was dehydrated. But I never denied uh, myself and saying, I'm not going to compete, you know? Because nobody came to me and say hey, you can't compete like that. What happened? I went there like that, and I ended up losing. You know, or I have like a broken rib and I was like, no, I can't compete. I can't fight like this. But I couldn't fight. I couldn't move. And I ended up losing, even though I didn't lose like badly, but I lost, you know. Yeah. So you just need to have the right people tell you. And I think the role of the coach is give you tips like that, you know. So, hey, this is my opinion. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. If you want to go, go, you know. Also, like, it depends on the tournament, too. There's only one world every year or one in one ADCC every two years. So are you fighting or are you going to wait for two more years? You know, like it's your decision. You know, it's your decision at the end of the day. But you put on a scale all the time because also what people does, like they, they always say, oh, when they lose is because of their coaches or their training partners or whatever. But when they win, it's because of themselves, you know. <laughs> so, you know, like it's always like that, right? So you gotta, you gotta be real. You gotta tell the truth, always the truth, and see the the way you see things. And then I think when two like think together, and thankfully, my wife also she's a great competitor, right? And she passed through a lot of things like that too. And sometimes me and her like we're together, like helping those athletes, you know. And we go to a decision, you know, in this type of uh, decisions, you know, like maybe like if they are injury or not, but I believe like the path that I, that I walked through throughout my career. And thankfully I compete a lot because I love, I think helped me a lot. You know, I put myself in, in different situations. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day for any leader, the key is communication. Right, So you got to make sure you have a good communication with your athletes. Because um, if you don't, things cannot be good. Right, So communication is everything. Absolutely.
0: I feel like one thing I wanted to touch on was the overtraining. Because I know, coming from a wrestling background, I've always overtrained. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always felt that. I've had the problem of tempering myself, of saying like I gotta stop training at this point. And because my brother and I were our own coaches for most of our career, Uh we didn't have that outside voice saying, "Hey, you need to slow down." You know, it was two competitors looking at each other. So like, if I slow down, he's looking at me like, "Oh, you're being weak right now, mentally." Like, oh, I gotta step up and push harder. Yeah. So it's only something I learned like in the past few years. Like, oh, you know, there is such a thing as Saying it's okay, you can stop without being a pussy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's possible because in my head, that was the image. If I stop training, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm weak. You know, I'm, I'm not pushing through this. You know? And
1: so, one thing that one thing that Teddy used to say used to say this: the resting day is a training day. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta rest and recover to train. And also, he say like the rest time is is also a training. It's part of the training. You know, so it's true.
0: Eight, I,
2: absolutely. Andrew, uh, really quick, how are you for time, Because I know you had discussed like you have a class today. Like how are you got how are you for time?
1: Uh right now, what time is it right now? Two eighteen. Two, two uh, eighteen. I can I can hold a little bit. Yes, I can go up to like three o'clock. Oh, um, okay. Because, yeah, because uh my coaches will be there. I just like to be and show up, you know, sometimes like to talk with the students, but we can talk more.
2: All right, all right. Um Hey, uh, so, so uh, Andre, just going back to the today, because I remember that period very well. I wanted to hear your thoughts on this because, um, mm-hmm. you know, today it is also, it's like it's like it's like, a, it's like a case study because you have someone who's exceptionally talented. You have someone who's exceptionally charismatic, exceptionally successful, has, you know, what I considered to be under him at the time, probably the best team in Brazil, you know, uh, what went wrong? Because you, you would think that from the outside, you would look at that picture and you would go, mm-hmm. how could things be better for that guy? This guy's got everything going for him, right? Especially yeah. where he came from and where mm-hmm. he was going. Right. And, you know, I think it's like a lesson yeah. for all of us. I think everyone needs to learn something from that because, you know, you it doesn't matter where you are, like it's you're never really you're never really in a position of complete safety and, and security and with TNN, man, like, you were there the whole time. I was there. I remember that process really well. Yeah. What went wrong?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think, like, you know, like, the good thing is I – when when I had the period of time where I had a coach, right, like, until 2008. Then I started the MMA. When I came back, I I was – I put myself in TNN's spot because today when he when he opened his gym and when he started his team he didn't have anyone above him he was the one like make all the decisions training wise you know uh, for the future of the, tr- the team and everything and it's not easy it's not easy so you know and, and you know like you know today too right like he's a guy that he have a really strong opinion really strong mind right and sometimes like if you just try to aware him of something he was just like ah oh, shut up man let me do like you know like just like this you know he, he has a lot of authority you know and and it was hard like to sometimes like make him listen you know um he he's very exceptional very special but i think like when you when you when you don't have someone like you know above you, it's really hard for you because, because like, you start like thinking that whatever you do, it, it's the right way, right? But sometimes it's not. So, you know, like he you start, you start like getting like so popular, winning everything with a great team and all that. And, you know, like the same thing happened with me too. Maybe the same thing can happen with you or happen with you as well. Uh, where like you feel really good about the work that you're doing and you think like everything is going right because things are showing the right results the results that you want but like people sometimes they think that they can divide their lives in two and I, 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 I read about this and I see this and even there are quotes about this they say you have your professional life and you have your personal life So you are as you yourself as an athlete and you yourself as a normal person, you know But at the end of the day both are one you just won. you know You can't divide that because everything that affects in your personal life Will affect your performance when you're an athlete and also your performance in the tournament also can affect your personal life, you know your performance as a as a successful businessman or or a man, like, that fails, that like, can affect her personal life, you know? So, I believe, like, you know, like, it was hard for him to manage both, you know? And the time that he was, like, professional, it was really professional. But the time, on like, the personal side, he didn't have a thing that, in that time, he didn't have someone to, like, slow him down of things, you know? And say things like, hey, be careful here, be careful there. Because he was young. He was only 24 years old, man or maybe 23, I think 24, when everything happened. You know, imagine, like, you're 24 years old, you have, like, the best team, you winning, you know, and everyone come, and, man, he was, and man, I never, like, he used to date a lot of girls, man. You know, he used to date a lot of girls, like, you know, like, handsome black guy, you know, like, champion. And, you know, and then, together with the success, you know, the, the, the bad things comes as well, you know? Uh, when you when you plant like wheat, you have like the other that, what is the name of the the thing that grows with the wheat? You know? Like the joio. Como que é o joio? O joio trigo. Ah, the wheat. The wheat wet
2: and the uh, wheat.
1: The wheat and the wet. Help
2: me out here. Yeah, the wheat, you have the, op, the the bad part of the, the, yeah. the, it looks like wheat, but it's not, I forgot the name.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that, you know, people know, you yeah. know? Right? The wheat, uh yeah. wheat is wet, it is wet. And 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 it was hard to separate because together come grow both. And then you need to separate, you know. And I think that was something that that he couldn't like stop, you know, because he was like doing things by by his own. He was so young, you know, and we don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. you know, because he was really young. Right. But it that that taught me and not only me, maybe like everyone that was there, you know, like all the champions that were there back then taught us something like no matter what, where you are, like, no matter what you have, things can fall apart if you don't pay attention, you know. So and, you know, unfortunately, like together with like parties and all that, like you have like, you know, the bad side of drugs and all that. So. And it doesn't combine with a, uh, an athlete, you know, and, and a coach. So we, we all know what happened. Like, people can make a research. I'm not here gossiping or anything. I'm just saying the truth and the things that I, that I know. And I love him. And I talk to him a lot. Um, we've been good friends until nowadays, you know. But um, now he's, he's just, like, living his life. Maybe he feels happier than before. Maybe, you know. Um, I'm not, his, I'm not like on his skin, but, uh, probably like he learned a lot with that. He learned about people. He learned about uh, listening. He learned a lot, you know, like a lot. I believe like when you, when things doesn't go accordingly, like to, to the way that you think or the way that you expect, you always learn. You always going to learn. You see the big picture, you know? And sometimes the only way for you to see the big picture is when you are down below, you know, and not when you're at the top. So you got to be like down and look like from, from the bottom. sizes like that. And then we start over again.
0: Yeah, it seems to be an unfortunate consequence that people will only learn when they're rock bottom, right? That's where, like, people have serious changes in their life which can then become a good thing, right? As you said, like, you look at the silver lining in the cloud where when you're at the top of your game, it's hard to learn because you think you know it all. Right? You think, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm the king. Why should I have to change? I'm doing great. But yeah. then, it, yeah, you get the, the, hum, the humbling that comes with falling down, but then maybe that's the opportunity to grow as a person.
1: Yeah, and then even, like, just speaking about that, Robert, you make that question for me. For me, it's not easy to talk about this, you know what I mean? Because people judge you, you know? They say, oh, you see what he says? No, it's just, like, it happened, you know? It happened. You know, and, uh, I, and I learned sorry, about sorry. You know? and I think, like, the key is one thing that I try to do, too, And I love to do is to learn, you know, like the same way, Robert, you know, like you saw my jujitsu back then, you saw my nogi back then. And now you see my nogi now, you know, like the way I used to compete before and the way that compete now, it's always getting better, you know, because I, I, I open myself to learn and to listen to, you know, and a person that I have that really like, like make me, like, wake up, like, just give me like, hey, wake up. You know, hey, go back here. You know, you, you start, because look, you're moving this way and suddenly you start like, you know, going out of the path, like it happens. And then like, you need to like, opa, let's go back. Like, thankfully I have my wife, man. You know, I always say that she's a very strong woman. She's, thankfully like, she's the one that like, always like, you know, she knows like, she's wise. You know, she's wise, she has that feeling. So and I I always honor her. And a lot of people say, man, you just talk about your life, but man, it's true. Because I don't think if I was by myself, you know, because I I'm not say that I never done like any uh bad choices in my life, of course, like in my career. I did, I done before, you know. I there was a moment in my, my career that I was like trying to party as well, trying to like ah girls and, you know, champion, you know, drugs and all that, you know, but I know that I, I was like awake right away. And you know what wake me up? It was what happened with it today because it was like that time, you know, we were all like, ah, you know, in that glamour. And then, oh, it was just like, oh my God, you know? And then like, uh, not only I wake up, but also like together with this, I found like uh, such a great woman that support me a lot and um maybe you can do that by your own guess but i believe that the teamwork is always better two is better than one you know i believe two is better than one uh and it's always great to to have like a different perspective vision of life you know and my wife is the one that helped me a lot with that thankfully
0: well I- Mathematically, what you said is true. Two is greater than one. So yeah. <laughs> we can agree. And I definitely believe that it helps center you, or having somebody, and whether, you know, whoever it is. Oh, it looks like he might have dropped out. Hold on, let me...
1: I think it's battery.
0: It could have been. I'm going to go ahead and add him back in. Hopefully we get him in. But, um, yeah, I know... Well, uh, A lot of people, when they have a good woman or, you know, good husband, whatever the case is, it definitely helps send you. My brother was one of those as well when he met his wife, uh, Rima. Yeah. Uh,
1: it definitely helped bring him together and yeah. like, level him out. Right? Like we, we sharp each other. We help each other, you know. It's just like, you know, you gotta, you can't, like, like, Angelica always said that. She'd say, like, I came to, um, I didn't come to compete but I, 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 I came to uh, cooperate, you know, to be from the same side, you know. Yes. But I never, like, because sometimes nowadays people, they, oh, they try to fight, you know what I mean? Like, even if they have a relationship, no, you got to do what I like, you know, this and that. I think it's a balance, like, one help each other, right? And, of course, like, if she knows, like, if I succeed, she'll succeed as well, you know. And if she succeeds, I'll succeed as well. So, just like that
0: yeah I definitely think it's an important part is the teamwork right like you said it's true a lot of people are competing with their significant other, and it, it that creates a lot of hostility, you know so you I think you're pulling off something pretty remarkable because not only both you, your wife your your coaches together, you work together, and that's another thing that's usually tricky for people to be in the same business together <laughs> because, yeah. because sometimes you bring your home your work home with you, and there's differences of opinion and all that.
1: It's not easy
0: yeah. Excellent. Well, I think uh, we can't get Robert back. Oh, wait, there he is. We got yeah. to,
1: uh... Robert.
2: <laughs> guys, I, you guys missed me. I don't know what happened. Oh, I was in the shade. Like, oh, it's inside, okay. But I was in the shade, and my phone got hot. But like, I'm not in the sun. That's oh, the it
0: happened before. Overheated. In the shade. I, I, you're I, Las I, Vegas. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> for the record, it does happen now. So you got to watch the temperature of your phone, even if you're in the shade, which is... <laughs> Insane, but um, yeah, that's the Vegas heat for you. Yeah, I apologize, but yeah, but
1: I finished right after, like I finished, and that's it. So yeah. it was like what I. And said. we start
0: gossiping about you, Robert. It's in the words. Start, just talking <laughs> lots of crap about Robert.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, it looks so different this beard.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm looking like a like a bear. Like that's what I keep hearing. My daughters think I look like a giant. No,
1: spider. you look like you look like a Viking. You know. <laughs> There we go. That's we like, got like nice, nice axe, like ah, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, like
2: helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. If, if if I if ever fight with me again, that would be my, my my stage name. But um, Andre, man, like this is uh this is some really good content, man. Hey, like, this I, is I don't I know, just want
1: like, to This is amazing.
2: I, I just wanted to talk about like one thing with the Teddy thing, because like, I, I to me, Teddy has always had like a warm place in my heart because he was such an amazing coach. I didn't always meet eye to eye with him. Like me and him had a lot of issues. Like we weren't always like best friends, you know. Yeah. We just very different people, which is, you know, yeah, of course. it is what it is. But you just said something that, you know, like it's a very good point. He was very young, you know, it was a lot on someone who's very young. When you think about the amount of power he was wielding, like right. the influence he had within like and not having anyone around him. That's the other thing. Like, he was a young guy, and he was on top of the world as a coach, as a practitioner, as a gym owner, right? everything. Everyone wanted to be around him. Mm-hmm. And he's got no one to tell him, hey, man, slow down. Let's make some wise decisions here. You mentioned your wife, and I've noticed that that's huge in a fight of – in the career of any competitor slash fighter is to have that stabilizing force because especially when they're, they're young, they tend to make a lot of those, these mistakes of yeah. not knowing – how to deal with, you know, popularity, money, whatever, you know, and, and I think that's that's a very good point.
1: And Robert, you know, like I was like, I like to read too. And I started liking to read like after we met, we meet. Now I read more than, than, than before. Before I didn't read much, but, uh, I started learning a lot, you know, like since like I, of course, like I have my wife and, and, and I have like people that loves me that helps me, um, but also, like, I learned from books as well, right? So, and there is one, like, you know, like that um, that book from Napoleon Hill, like, Think and Grow Rich, right? And he mentioned that, you know, he mentioned that uh, when you are, when you are um, young, you know, into your 40s, you're driven, you're driven by your sexuality, you know? You're driven about... Like having woman, everything you do is to have sex. You know, you're driven by that. Like you want a nice car so you can get a more woman. You know, you want like a nice shoes, wear like nice because you you want to attract, be attracted. You know? And I believe like when you when you marry, like when you're young, you know, not that you know like you you're gonna like be separated off that group. You know, because you start like okay so. Now I'm responsible. I wanna wanna have a family, so I wanna be on this squad right here, right? And then you kind of like start setting like your goals for the future, right? Of 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 uh, those who are coming after you. But like until there, like you just like if you if you don't have someone that that put your own place, you're driven by that will, that that desire, because this is really strong. It's the strongest desire that we have, you know, within. Like, you know, like, it's nice to go and have fun, it's nice to go and party, you know? Sex is really good, you know? But it's it's very important, too, that you know, this will, will will not, like, be something that we'll need until the end of your life, you know? Of course, like, you can, but man, like, what about the, the next generation? You'll be, like, so selfish if you just think about that moment right now, you know? So, I think, like, this is, this is what I learned, too, and also my beliefs, you know, my beliefs, like, uh, according to what I believe, I believe, I believe that if I, if I do something wrong against my family or against my wife, if I make her sad, I know this will, will not be against her, but against someone that can see me wherever I go, which is God, you know, I think this fear, like, helps me to keep, like, also, like, on the spot, too, you know? And I, I'm very thankful for that. And I can't deny that, of course, I worked really hard. I did all that, that but that fear that you have of like stepping away off the path really helps you to keep like moving right. You know, not that you are never gonna make a mistake because you're a sinner, you make mistakes, you know, you can fail, but you know that he's there for you, you know, anytime. So. Um, I truly trust that and Robert knows like he knows me for a while and he met me before and, he, and since i'm I'm uh, walking my faith in Jesus I believe, uh, things like things not like I'm not saying that I get better because a lot of people they judge a lot you know like about your faith, especially if you mention the name of Jesus uh, but you know it's not easy but you know I'm not ashamed of that i I truly believe that. And I, and you I,
0: shouldn't. I'm- you absolutely shouldn't be. You know, I think it, everybody's faith is an important part of like who they are and how they, they handle things. And it, I was about to say pretty much what you were talking about with uh, Tarade and how it's kind of the downfall of him, and then how you were saying how the sex drive is so powerful, but being responsible with that is another thing. It just yeah. goes. I always make the difference between going for a quick thrill versus building happiness, right? Like building happiness takes time, it takes effort, right? You have to build, it's like making a house. Whereas getting a quick thrill is like starting a bonfire and letting something burn, oh, it's fun, but it's, it's gone after the, the next day and you're left with nothing, right? So I think the things you're saying are true. Like when you have a good relationship with somebody, you're building happiness because you're building something that's long-term and that's going to grow as you develop family, you have kids and, you, and they have kids and you've built something like a tree versus mm. people who are just going out partying, going for throwing drugs, that diminishes. At the end of the day, you're left with nothing. So I think it's a key difference when people say, I'm happy, but they don't understand. To me, there's, there's a difference between, joy, between thrill and happiness. And I think Everything you've been talking about is about being happy and putting yourself in that mindset to be achieved more and to be overall fulfilled in life. So yeah. I think it's a great message that, <laughs> <laughs> that you provided.
2: I, I feel you guys are talking to me just because both you guys got married and are married and I have two divorces on my back. I think, oh I think you guys are just trying to sneak one in there. Not, huh? Let's get your act together, get married again. I'm like, first. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. oh
2: man no but you're, you're you're right i think that everything you guys are saying make, makes perfect sense and it does point out an aspect of the fight game that no one ever talks about Everyone talk about the importance of the mind technique being in shape obvious right but it's your environment and i'm becoming more and more aware yeah, exactly. of this over time like who yeah. are you around the people who you are around yeah. plays a huge role in your career like if you're around the wrong people. They will do, go out of their way to pull you down. You're right, the right around the right people. Dad, mom, brother, sister, wife, husband, like the right people. They will lift you up to like heights that you don't even know you could achieve. Hey, so you know, it's, yeah.
1: I have a quote for you. For us, actually. Okay. Bad company, corrupt, good character. Yeah. But you know where is that? In the Bible. <laughs> I believe that. You know? no, and
2: and I, I, think, I think there's a lot of wisdom to, to, to that, Andre, because you can tell yourself all day, I'm a moral and good human being, and, and you may be, but the thing is, if you're, if you're in the wrong environment around the wrong people, yeah. their norm, their behavior, their culture becomes your yeah. behavior, whether you realize it or not, it seeps into your mind and you become like them without realizing it so like I'm very aware of this because of my children like i I'm very aware like what what they're watching, what they're thinking, what they're saying, who they're around because you know children you know this your father doing they're like it, it becomes they they are very influenced by their friends by their peers, oh, so yeah. who they're around plays a yeah. huge role in what kind of character they're going to develop later in life, right I became aware of this late in life, I wish I had learned this lesson earlier you know like I'm very aware of this now I'm friends yeah. with everyone you know me of course but like i'm very i'm very like uh uh you know, careful about who I let in my close circle these days because I don't want anyone impacting my life in a negative way. I'm too much of that in my past. And moving forward, everyone who walks into my life has to be bringing something to the table that improves on me. And sometimes it's the truth. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes it's like, "Good job, Rob." Sometimes it's like, "You need help with this. I got your back." These little things, man, like that's what builds happiness, man. It's just developing those sort of meaningful relationships. More important than titles, money, anything yeah. else you can think of, and it's yeah. surrounding yourself with the right people.
1: For sure. And Robert, like think about like anything you look, ser- like look like um, around you, like look your shirt, okay, for example. Like I know it's a Zenit shirt by Kings, nice, right? I'm doing like the advertisement here for you. <laughs> <laughs> If you see, like, the tag inside, it says, like, how you're supposed to, like, take care of your shirt, correct? Yeah. If you grab, like, a car key, like, inside the car, there's, like, something that tells you how to use the car. Yeah. It is, like, battery here off, like, camera. Like, inside the camera, there's something that tells you, like, how to use it, right? Yeah. But let me tell you, there's, like, a book that teaches (laughs) you how to live life, you know? And that's the only thing that people don't, Don't most of people don't see the manual of life you know like how I use my life I know how to use the car I know how to use this and maybe sometimes you struggle in a in a way like to use your car because you don't read the manual you know but once you read it you're like okay so that's how I use it so I need to like spend my energy here instead of spending my energy there Right. So that's the way that I see things, you know, no, so and, I, think and, I, I think there is a manual and I believe completely. And this is being helped in my life. I'm not saying here that I'm a superhero because anything can happen with me. Right. I can, I can, I can pass through this world like really quick. Like, I don't know if, uh, how long I'll leave. Hopefully I can leave like until I see my grandchildren, but anything can happen with anyone. But I know one thing, like this is like a very short time of period that we're living. That compare with the, the, the time that we live forever, you know what I mean like and I think like the only thing we 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 take from this life is what we live in this life, you know what we live and we leave, so I think like that's the only thing we take so and i i, I I'm trying my best like to make sure like we keep moving that way, and uh especially during this time, it requires a lot of faith, you know. So. I,
2: I think it's well said, Andre, and and I couldn't agree more. Like I, I think uh, um, you know everything you said is is is, is true, and uh, I'm pretty sure Dave. I know Dave. I've got to know Dave well over the
0: last couple. Through how long have you been there, right? Two three years, Dave. Uh, since two thousand seventeen. yeah, so three, years. Yeah. You're yeah, in
1: three in- years. You're in Vegas right now.
0: Yes, I, I'm in Vegas here.
1: Yeah, yeah I remember so. you're in Florida, right?
0: I was in Florida for most of my life. Yeah, I started moving around like in 2015. I actually lived in West Virginia for two years, believe it or not.
2: <laughs> and yeah, uh, me and Dave are starting a master's class for ADCC vets. So next time, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> hey, no, but uh, Andre, are you retired or not? I'm, I'm sure you've answered this question. What's the man? Plan? You don't. You got nothing to prove. You know that, right? Look,
1: it. Either I'm retired or I'm a retarder, a retarder, retarder. I retire or become retired. <laughs>
2: oh no, man. Amazing career, man. For sure. You got nothing to Thanks. prove, but, uh, I mean, obviously people want to watch you grapple again, but at some point, man, you, you know, if, if there ever come this, you know, take my advice or not, but, uh, you know, uh, if there ever comes a moment where you feel like, what is it that I should do, man, just follow your heart. It's, sure, it's yeah. brought you very hard in life. Don't yeah. listen to people. You know, people, a lot of times, they want you to fight for them. It's not for you. It's yeah, for yeah. them. You yeah. know? And that's one reason why I stopped, because I realized at some point, like, my heart wasn't there anymore, and I was going to do it because people thought I should. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing it for you, man. Yeah. I, I always did it for my own personal reasons. And that's my advice to people. That's, you got to do it because your heart's in the right place. In yeah. the second, it's not... That's a really good moment to stop. That's yeah. that's my my opinion.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Robert. Thanks. I, I think the same too, for sure. Right now I'm retired. You no. Know?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I'm good. Good for you, man. Good for you. Um, Dave, anything else, man, you want to add?
0: Uh man, I could ask Andrea a ton of questions, but I know you got your to go-through. So we'll probably have to do this again sometime. Go
1: ahead. go ahead. Like, go ahead. Like right now, I'm good. I'm good. You're go good? Ahead.
0: Okay. Well.
1: I have to ask Where you guys like, gonna post it. You guys gonna post this somewhere? Yeah, yeah, yes, we'll, of course. We'll share it. We'll,
0: we'll share it. Yeah, with, it'll we'll be we'll on iTunes it. and all the. YouTube oh, this is the first one or what? No, no we've done now uh, like twenty or, or I think thirty of them now. Oh,
1: cool. Where? Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So. This is so rad. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm a gringo, man. I <laughs> <laughs> practically
2: gringo. You're more gringo than I am. These days, we're we talking about. <laughs>
0: but uh, i'll ask you about like it seems like you shifted a little bit as far as strategy in competition and your wrestling skills became very obvious and very good and Mm -hmm. to the point where like pretty much i don't think there was anybody out there that could out wrestle you and it seemed to make winning for you a lot easier is is there something in particular that drew you into wrestling and when you started competing or whatnot, because, I mean, I, I've seen your matches when with, with Cyborg, and Cyborg is a, is a good stand-up wrestler himself, and you ran him over a bunch of times, and you know with Felipe, the same thing. So, it just seems you became a bull with the wrestling, you know? Yeah. So, I just wanted to feel, like, where that come from and how much time did you invest in that?
1: Yeah, like, when I, if you watch my fights, like, in the ADCC 2007, and then, uh, man, you watch it so silly. Like, I have no stance. It was ridiculous. I, when I watched that, I'm like, oh, my God, what I was doing, you know? But even though I was taking people down, I don't know how, but I was because I believed so much that I could take people down. For example, I, I got the third-place match in, against Kakareko in 2007, and I took him down. But if you see, my wrestling was, like, so bad. My stance was all wrong. But then, like, I stopped and started training MMA, and then I noticed that the importance of my wrestling in order to make my jiu-jitsu works in MMA. And Robert did MMA, so he knows what I'm talking about. Here. Because if you don't know how to scramble or if you don't know how to put the person down, how is gonna how are you gonna do your jiu-jitsu? In MMA, people don't pull guards, you cannot just go there and pull people guard, you know, all the time. It works maybe once, you know, or twice, but not all the time. So then after I I I did my MMA career after my MMA career. I started recognizing recognize that the importance of wrestling for the Nogi. And then I went to fight the ADCC 2009. My wrestling was a little bit better, a little bit better, but I was fighting Wesley, no wrestling. Is it, is it Wesley? The, <laughs> Wesley is the wrestling from Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Brazil I knew he was going to say that too. That's what Brazilians say, Wesley. So the Brazilians, they say Wesley. Oh, that's all, Wesley, Wesley. So so I was doing Wesley back then, and my Wesley was okay, you know? (laughs) But then in 2011, I meet wrestling when I moved to the United States in 2010. So I did my whole camp with one of my students, Joe. Uh, Joe is not here anymore, so he passed away, unfortunately. Uh, He was my first black belt American. Um, and back in the day, he was Brown and I say, Joe, can you help? Because he was a nerd, you know, he was really like a nerd. I was like, man, like, you know, we should train like this. We should train like that. Like, I like this. I like that. The no-gi is like this. So he was like into no-gi a lot. And I say, Joe, let's go, man. Two days later, he showed up with three wrestlers. One guy was like 250 pounds, like huge. Like super tall, six the guy was six five, six six. The guy was huge. huge. And then and then and then he showed up with another guy was super small and fast. Right? It was Dave. This guy, big the big guy was Dave. The other guy was small, like really fast was Justin. And he ended up being like my wrestling coach back then. And also he has Andir. Andir he's in the army right now. But Andir, he looks like Toquinho. He was like Parayas, you know. But like was Greco Roman. And those guys started teaching me wrestling. So he brought like three type, three body types of wrestling. One, the tall guy was like a lot about blast double, blast double, blast double. And uh, the guy who was like Tokinho, he was more like a body locks and tossing around like Greco. And this guy, the small guy was like all about like shooting low, <laughs> like ankle picks, like duck unders. So, and then I started learning like wrestling just like a high school kid, you know? So this guy, Justin was a high school teacher. He used to teach wrestling. In high, at the high school here in San Diego, they started helping me with that. Man, I trained with them, I, of course, I, started training, uh, I trained Jiu-Jitsu as well. So preparing myself, like learning, like more different uh, things about Nogi. And Joe had some knowledge, you know, and then he helped me with that. And then man, I felt my Jiu-Jitsu, boom, you know, my, my way of seeing Nogi changed. And I started recognizing the importance of wrestling. And then AGCC 2011, if you watch, wow! It was a big change from like, Wesley to wrestling. You know? So, <laughs> and then, man, like, when everybody noticed, everybody noticed. People like me, even like Sean Williams was like, was a guy like in the, 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 you know, the commentator, you know, and he was like, man, Galvo Wesley looks sharp. Look at his, like, he's climbing the hips. Like, oh my God, he took, like, he took Popovich down oh, my God, like, I took Popovich down, like, two, three times, you know? Yeah. It was crazy. Popovich is such an amazing wrestler. And, and then I started getting a lot of confidence. And then I fought Pocinho, and then I, I took him down a couple of times, too, during the five, 20 minutes straight. And my conditioning was amazing. And I felt, like, so good. And to be honest, like, I could do way better than that. But I was, like, two years, two years and a half not competing in jiu-jitsu. That was a little bit, like, oh, my God, I don't know how it's going to happen, you know? That was my first major tournament after I came back in Jiu-Jitsu scenes, you know? And then I won double gold, and after that, I started prioritizing wrestling. And then in 2013, I found another coach that was, that's my coach right now, Coach Fred Leave. Man, think about a guy that's fast, It's Coach Fred Leaf. Like, he's like a lightning. Wow! But he's 45 years old, you know? And he's like a lightning. And I imagine, like, imagine this guy with, like, 20 years old, 18 years old. He was like, he was like, man, like crazy fast, you know? And Coach Fred, he has phenomenal uh, wrestling skills. And the way he teaches. even though like I had other wrestling coach and I have different wrestling in the meantime between 2011, 2013, since Joe like left. um, Then I started like, when I found Coach Fred, I said, man, this is the guy. Like the way he teaches, the way he showed me wrestling, and they started helping me with everything. And then like you see like, me improving over and over. And then, but then luckily, luckily, I think that no one from Jiu-Jitsu was doing wrestling like they do right now until they see me at the ADCC 2011, you know? I think like it changed the mindset of a lot of people about how to train for ADCC. You know, it's not about like only wrestling, you need everything. Like yeah. some people think, I don't have all right now. You need everything, but wrestling is a, such a great tool for you to to uh, apply your nogi. You know, to apply your game. And then after that, I just start like, you know. Unfortunately, I didn't know how to fight nogi before. You know, I didn't have the vision of the nogi back in two thousand seven, back in two thousand five when I tried my first trials. You know, so just just in two thousand eleven when I was already almost 20, 27 years old, twenty eight years old. That I was like, oh, that's that's how jiu-jitsu, you know, that's how wrestling is. It's not wrestling, you know, it's not a ras-ly.
2: <laughs> That's a good one because like it's funny because I, I as soon as you said Wesley, it's like, oh man, he's gonna be making fun of me because <laughs> that's exactly how Brazilians say. It. They can't say wrestling. Yeah, it's just the sound doesn't <laughs> exist in Portuguese. or so Wesley, but uh, you know, you're, you're right because me, me and David talked about this before as well. But it's ADCC rules are very wrestling leaning, and so because I think when the, the Sheik came up with the rules, he wanted to do something somewhat neutral, right? Where he didn't take away the submissions, but he made it in the way where wrestlings would have like a, a good shot at winning if they, you know, like takedowns would to like a big be, be, a, be a big part of the game and. That's what ADCC rules is. That's, that's why like you're seeing more and more wrestling. The realization you had in 2011, I think that deep down, we've always knew that. I think that deep down, it wasn't like 2005, you didn't know that. But in 2005, you had Wesley, not wrestling. So like you, you work with, I remember like watching tape of Mark Kerr, taking shots in pride, just rewinding and watching. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. And I just practice on my own on my blue belts. But I never had a wrestling coach. So it's like, you know, speaking for myself, I never neglected it. I always thought, man, I, this is important because I always wanted to fight him in May. Yeah. But like, who do you learn it from? Like, Dave had the privilege. I think the guy like Dave is hurt in some ways because he described he didn't have a coach, you know, him and his brother for the most part. But, man, you had such an outstanding foundation, which is wrestling. And then, you know, you add some submissions to that. It's a, it's a quick transition to make if you do it seriously. Like, we've seen this movie a million times. But no, I I couldn't agree more man. I I enforce wrestling in my kids class my beginners class all my classes like wrestling is a part of the Curriculum. I I teach them to pull guard But I always say if you can choose it's better to be on top So they don't get the mindset of pulling guard every time they lose a scramble.
1: Yeah. Yeah But if you think like the Sheik was really smart in making the rules because the rules first were made to invite other grappling fights Right, and most of the grappling fights, most of them only jiu jitsu I think you practice on the floor like a lot, like over ninety percent is like only floor game, but like all the other grappling fights' it's pretty much like sixty to seventy percent standing, like judo uh wrestling, sambo, you know they they must be like standing on their feet a lot and and then he he thought about like, okay, how are I gonna convince these guys to come? To fight this event, you know, against guys that will be pulling guard and all that. Oh, let me give you advantage, like, like for them. Like, if you pull guard in the finals, it's a minus one. So the guy who's you don't need to take the guy down, you know? So, and then he convinced it But even though the jiu-jitsu practitioners, like, they did better because there's so much scramble, right? So, and then you end up, like, seeing more jiu-jitsu fighters winning uh, the agency more than the, the grappler judo fighters and all the other fights uh, winning so and I think like um, it's like when you fight MMA right and of course MMA in the beginning was made also the rule was made to bring everyone from all the martial arts like together right like they say okay you can do whatever you want do your art there's no point right it's like when you go fight MMA and without knowing boxing it doesn't matter if you are a jiu-jitsu champion whatever you can be like the best, but if you don't know like how to be understand, how to like absorb the punch, you know, how to, to defend the kick, you know, you're going to be in trouble. It's the same like when you fight a b c c if you don't know like stand up, you know, it's going to be hard on you. It's going to be tough, you know? And if you think about all the champions, all of them pretty much know something like, you know, on, on top, you know, standing. All of them like have good takedowns, you know? It is important.
2: Yeah. Really i couldn't agree well um let me see dave what else man this guy's got a lot of things to share i'm trying to think i'm trying to ask him like very unique questions here i got a question for you oh okay well wh- why don't why don't you like you like you you and all the autos guys just join zenith like
1: I'm <laughs> gonna... <laughs> wow <But> why not
0: <laughs>
1: because because you're waiting for the other way around uh, <laughs> I had to ask you. like us of something. We're waiting, We're waiting for you. We're waiting for Kabaka. We're waiting.
2: No, but you know, you know one thing. I, I was given like a, an interview the other day, and like they came up like the best team of all time, right? Because I one of my hobbies now is to study jujitsu history. And oh, I can right. think, man, Carlson Gracie, and yeah. I can think like uh, you know Alliance for a period there. Yeah. But then I remember like everything that came out of Master slash TT later Brazza, right? Like that group. That would have been, you know, us, Zenith, me and Kavaka, Atus, Czech Matt, uh, Braza, which is still around with Comprito and Felipe and, you know, those guys. And uh Tellys as well. Like that was like we would have been by far, because you, you guys by which yourself. Such a big group.
1: group, huh? Such it a was great an
2: amazing group. group of people and it's so bad that like I I sometimes I wonder like why couldn't we keep it together? And I think I I think I know the reasons why, but yeah. It was as far as like talent goes and, and like, you know, tournament results. I, I think about it's it's it'd be difficult for any team to ever match that. I think, I, I think your, your team comes very, very close. You by yourself and your guys, I think so. many. but like, I, I'm not saying this because I was part of it. I hope it doesn't sound that way. But like, it was a very special group of it wasn't that we weren't that many, it was like a small group of people. And mm-hmm. we did so well in tournaments. And I have a lot of good memories. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's that whole team thing is such a complex issue in you do it. So, man, it gets, as soon as there's success and money involved, things get complicated yeah. and it's, it's hard to separate, you know, the two. I wish we could easily, you know, um, you know, get, get over that hurdle as, as friends, as teammates, as, but it, it gets very difficult, man. You do a really good job keeping it together, by the way, yeah. like, Hey, you know, I, I watch you from afar, but obviously yeah. successful, um, but it's, it's not an easy
0: one, man. Like, I, I don't
1: know. not easy. It's hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let me ask you, what do you think about the, you know, in recent years we've had a lot of, like, the submission-only tournaments versus point tournaments. Well, what, are, what is your take on that? Like, do you think the, the submission-only tournaments bring value, or is it kind of like just splitting it- up the sport?
1: Yeah, I have my opinion. Like maybe at the beginning, it's something like, "Oh, wow, this is different," you know. But once like you you doing that rule set for a couple of years, people start figuring out ways to fight under the rules. You know, at the end of the day, you know the athlete he fights under the rule, and and the one that will will get the prize, you know, the crown or the medal, is the one that fights accordingly, you know, with to the, to the rules. Yeah. So it, you know it. You can come up with a new rule. Maybe in the beginning you'll be like, oh, wow, this is so different, you know? But later on, like, people start like, oh, okay. So to be good in this rule, I gotta do this and that, you know? And you see, like, right now, the the submission-only tournaments, you see a lot of uh, fights where it does not end up in a submission, you end up, like, who escaped fast. Right? Yeah. So it's just like a matter of training and adapting yourself accordingly, you know? So I don't think like you can create like jiu-jitsu is so complex like you can create like so many rules with jiu-jitsu so many rules Jiu-jitsu is the is a, is a MMA you know is the valitudo of of grappling. Yeah. So you can you can get like you can get any other rules from any other sport apply here and there make something different but later on I think people find a way to win by the rule. How many times the IBJJF changed the rule every year. They change the rule like every month. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it, it changes all the time. So you gotta keep up. Like, it's like you know, like when your phone needs to update. Yeah, right. It's like IJGF. You need to update your 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 rule set every month. If you don't keep up, you kind of, like, get old, you know? Same so. with
2: judo. Judo's been updating their rule sets for 100 years. Like, they still haven't found that perfect recipe. Like, they're still constantly making tweaks to the rules because yeah, competitors, you're right, competitors always find a way to exploit that to their favor. It's just, it's just human nature.
1: Yeah, we we find ways, man. It's crazy. We find techniques. <laughs> of course. Wow. Yeah. But i But I like, I like that it has, like, different rules. I like that. I like when they fight in the cage. I like when they fight in the ring. I like when they do sub only. I like when they don't do sub only. I like when they do no limits. I like everything. It's fun, you know? But people will always find a way.
0: I like the cage idea more than anything. I uh, To me, the worst part of uh, grappling matches is out of bounds.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I have
0: history with that, too. So <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but whenever you have to restart something, it gets weird. You know what I mean? I'd rather, like... And it's not realistic because there's nowhere out there where you can just run out of bounds. It's there's always a wall somewhere, so you might as well put it up and use it. I mean, to me, yeah. like obviously, like in MMA, it's a it's a really important part of the fight is how to control the cage and score your takedowns and all that. And I don't see why you, we wouldn't have that element in grappling as well. Now I see in, in tournament formats, it doesn't make sense because you're not going to have like 20 cages, and so I get that. But like in super fights and stuff like that, when possible, I think it's a is a nice add. Because you would also avoid a lot of overtimes that way because people will be getting taken down, you know? Yeah. A lot of doesn't times, like...
1: It doesn't matter how big is the mat, you know? It doesn't matter. Like, I, I was, like, a couple, couple days ago, I was watching Roger versus Boucherche. Man, they fought in a huge mat area. And even though they, were, they ran out of bounds a couple of times, you know? It's yeah. crazy, you know? It doesn't matter, like, how, how big is the mat. Like, yeah. We're always going to... Go out outside, you know. It's, it's you got to put. Like you got to have the Horry and grace mindset back in the day when you thought about putting alligators, you know, yeah. like outside <laughs> out of the cage, you know. I think that's the only way people are not gonna fall outside.
2: <laughs> that would definitely solve it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. But I, I, I agree with the, about the cage thing. It's, it's interesting because it forces you to wrestle upwards, like, the, you know, cage wrestling is, like, it's a category in itself. It's not jujitsu. it's not wrestling. It's all, its its own category. But it also yeah. prepares guys for MMA, which is something that's somewhat being lost in the younger generations of jiu-jitsu. Like, they're not interested in MMA. Anymore. I
1: have a question for you guys. Yeah. Do you think the wrestlers, they're more well-prepared for MMA after their career or than the jiu-jitsu fighters? What do you think? Like, you think they're more well-prepared than, than jiu-jitsu fighters for MMA to make a transition? What do you think?
0: Well, I mean, I came from wrestling and went into MMA and all that. I think there's a few things that can't come to that. One, wrestling that builds that toughness as part of the program. And there's somewhat striking in wrestling as well. Most people, if you don't wrestle, you don't know, but cross faces, clubbing, you're getting hit. And I broke my nose three Mm. times in wrestling. Mm. I've only broken it once in fighting. You know, so like you, you, you're used to getting hit, taking punishment. You yeah. have conditioning. So you have those things. But at the same time, not every wrestler makes a good fighter. There's guys who don't know how to do takedowns once you start throwing punches. I mean, you look at a guy like Dan Henderson, who's a very successful fighter, but he didn't show really good wrestling in his fights. He gets taken down all the time. And I always watch yeah. him. like, how is this guy who's like a yeah. an incredible wrestler? That, it,
1: kid, that kid Pico, right? Pico, uh, what his name yeah, is. Aaron
0: Pico, yeah, like he hasn't done, like, he looks like he's good, but, he, man, he just keeps getting t- t- tagged, you know, so like. True. He looks like
1: it's unfortunate. Like, he's an unfortunate thing. I want to see that kid, like, succeeding so bad.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you know
2: what it is? My, my opinion on the, this whole discussion has always been something like, you know, uh, I think that BJJ, obviously, is a more complete art for the simple fact that everything that is legal in wrestling is legal in BJJ, minus the suplex. You can't suplex someone on their neck. It's the only thing in wrestling that's illegal in BJJ. Everything else is legal. So wrestling fits inside BJJ. However, I think that wrestlers hyperemphasize a few aspects of grappling that BJJ guys from a very young age are taught to it's okay to be on your back. It's okay to lose scrambles. And there's a conditioning and, and toughness element that I think that wrestlers come out of you know college as tougher individuals in general. Because it's a different kind of mindset as to the privatized sector in Brazil. Like, for example, like people are teaching for a membership, right? In collegiate wrestling, it's like, man, you want to stay in college? You want a place to sleep? You want to eat? Well, you better do what we tell you to do. So it's more of a military structure. And there's also a selective selection process that goes on in wrestling that begins at a very young age. You end up with the best athletes, right? You're a smart kid. You do spelling bee, Rubik's Cube, and math. You're athletic, you go to the football team, you go to the wrestling. It's the, what the, the Soviets would call the pyramid, right? They create, the U.S. uses that system as well. It's a pyramid. You end up with all the athletes, and then the very ones at the top go to college on a scholarship, right? So
1: do you think, like, wrestlers, they're more prepared for MMA?
2: And generally speaking, yes. In yeah. general terms, they're more prepared for MMA. Not because of jiu-jitsu as an art, but how jiu-jitsu is taught and practiced. There's a difference. Right. As an art, BJJ is more. But we are teaching it in a way that is not—it uh, is not in tune with how MMA takes place.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of changing a bit, though. I mean, if you asked this question like 20 years ago, I would say obviously wrestling. I think now, though, like you see, like because of guys like you, Andre, who have made wrestling a m- lot more popular, there's a lot more people who are now teaching wrestling earlier on. I-, I think, and before, I remember when I would watch Jujitsu tournaments. They were very slow-paced. And, like, I remember I was actually at, that, I think, was it the Pan Ams in 1999. And there would be people who would, like, just grab each other and then slowly sit to guard. And, like, the referee was talking to them. And I was coming from wrestling. like, man, what the hell is going on? This is not competing. They're, like, they're, like having a conversation mid-match, you know? Yeah. But I think the intensity has changed a lot more, you know? Yeah. So I think that now jiu has athletes, right? There are people who are conditioning and they're, they're doing strength and conditioning and they're training. So I, I think that the next generation will probably be better prepared, you know, because they, in the beginning it's kind of like early UFCs. There weren't any athletes. There were just guys who did martial arts and there was a lot of tough guys, but there weren't athletes. Now in the UFC, it's all athletes. They're all people who are physical specimens who've trained their whole lives for this particular thing. Jiu-Jitsu has athletes now, right? There's people... You're not getting into ABCC just because you're good, like you have to be a specimen. You have to be really well conditioned. You have to have great technique, good coach behind you. So I guess it depends on who you're at. like who are we grabbing as the base model for the jujitsu athlete? Is it the guy coming from your team or is it just like somebody from anywhere? someone coming from your team? I'm saying they're probably better prepared than yeah. your average wrestler would be, you know. So I think that's evolved a lot, you know.
1: Yeah. I think right now, like maybe the next generation of wrestling also will train jiu-jitsu. I have a lot of kids in my gym that they, they compete both. They compete wrestling and jiu-jitsu. And I believe like both, uh, sports, like they help each other. For sure, for sure. You can become a great wrestler. If you do jiu-jitsu, like you can deal better with the scrambles, I believe. Yeah. You know, it helps a lot. And also you can become a great jiu-jitsu fighter if you have a good wrestling too, you know, It helps a lot with your takedown, your stance, like your, your speed, your explosion. And the reason that I think that the wrestlers, they're a little bit more well-prepared than, than uh, jiu-jitsu fighters, is because they always find no gi. They always compete no gi, that's the first thing. You know? Also like that, the, the punch side as well, that you talk about. And also the matches has, uh, has like intervals. You know, it has that, that minute break, right? It's one okay. minute, 30 seconds break. So it definitely helps you to get the stamina to come back to the next round, where in jiu-jitsu you'll fight, like, especially when you're a black belt, and most of the people that make transition from jujitsu to MMA, they're black belts. So they fight 10 minutes, you know? Like, a lot of rounds, 10 minutes, it fights a little bit slower, you know, it's with the key, you know? So I think, like, it's definitely, like, of course... One art help other, you know. We help each other. Like wrestling helps jiu jitsu, jiu jitsu helps wrestling. But like if if you one guy do pure jiu jitsu and the other guy do pure wrestling, I think like the guy who has pure wrestling, he's, he's just a little bit more, like you know, a, a little bit more ahead, you know. So, and you see that in MMA. So it's, it's uh, not like, it's not like a uh, just something that we say here. The statistic, the statistics it, it, say that.
2: You, you know the the one thing that's a problem in jiu-jitsu too is that in jiu-jitsu because the way the rules are and I've always been critical of the rules I think we've never found like a very a Martial art kind of rule. It's very sport oriented, but the mm. in jiu-jitsu you're allowed to win very tactically Like a lot of strategy you guys win right in wrestling. It's not that there's no strategy, but there's athleticism will out like you you have to be in shape you're gonna have to actually go to war with people Whereas in jiu-jitsu, more and more now you get away with wrapping people up in a lapel, 50-50, boom, fight's over. You know, like, And that right there, obviously, who's going to translate better to MMA? The guy who's getting used to winning 50-50 with a lapel or the guy that's used to sprawling, grinding, and you know, winning every single scramble? Like One of them, in, in a sense, wrestling is a lot closer to MMA, even though it's far less complete.
0: Well, it's a good point that you both bring. One, with Andre, the fact that there are rounds and there's are short rounds – increases the intensity by many levels right yeah. and then to the second point rob what you bring is also that you can't really stay in a position for too long yeah. wrestling calls stalling very quickly I, I remember like after doing jiu-jitsu and mma i went back to do a freestyle wrestling tournament and i got called for stalling within the first five seconds of the match <laughs> because literally we shook hands we go and i backed up a little bit and the ref went boom stalling i'm like Man, I'm just going to start. <laughs> I just took a back step. You know, they were already going for stalling. You know? So the pacing is very different. And even if you have a good position, if you just hold it, they're going to stand you back up. you got to always be moving. So it creates a lot more scrambles, which requires a lot more endurance, explosive endurance. Where, like, if you say, Andre, you have an ATC match. It's 20 minutes long. You can't go all the whole way. You're going to gas. So you have to go slow, right? And... MMA is three five-minute rounds, or, or it's like a middle ground. It's not yeah. very long, but it's not short. five minutes, right? Yeah, it's not very short either. But so my, pacing, so my belt time, <laughs> exactly. And your and your pacing is very different. And there's still tactics that go. You always see people look for that takedown within the last 30 seconds, you know, to finish the round on top and, and score. So, but yeah, I, in that sense, strategically, I think wrestlers have an upper hand because they are used to those kind of games. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, you wouldn't like. Wait the last thirty seconds to score your takedown necessarily. You, you're probably going to try to score it earlier on.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree one hundred percent. Interesting, man. Lots of I think uh,
2: I think that I think that we got to come up with a rule set that like brings the best of both worlds, man. Like I've been talking about it for a long time. I've sat down with like every single promoter on the planet trying to convince them. I'm like, man, you want to come up with the best rule set for jujitsu? Listen to the competitors. The competitors know. You know, they never do that. Like very rarely they actually sit the competitors down and go, What do you guys think is best, right? Yeah. So I think that's a you know, but like I always dreamed of like, you know, creating a wrestling with submissions. I know it sounds like, Well, oh, we have that with really D.C.C. like yeah, man, there's so many things I would add to that role. I think we can make it way more dynamic, more entertaining and more more martial art oriented, right? So where jiu jitsu practitioners would may easily make a transition they May if they ever wanted to, right? But Everyone's got their own ideas. I'm, I'm no exception to the rule.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, we talked about it before. I just always felt like the problem with the ADC rules is that it's, it's very difficult to score.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? And, like, the harder it is to score, the more likely you're going to go into overtime or you're going to get these long, stalling matches. Whereas if you make it easier to score, then points rack up and then there's more incentive to action because you're going to be behind and you have to, you have to score back. I think the biggest thing is that the turtle loop below, you know, like anytime someone turtles and negates the gates a scoring position, like, you know, you could take someone down, they turtle for three seconds, roll back, nothing. That I feel like if you took that away, it changes a lot. Yeah. And I think a second thing is out of bounds. If someone goes out of bounds, it should be like how they're doing in wrestling now where they get a point for pushing you out of bounds. Because what's going to happen now, that means I can't back away. I have to stay in the middle. And when people are closer, takedowns can work a lot easier it's yeah. really hard to take someone down when they're, they don't want to let you get close yeah. and when there's no penalty for going out of bounds it's like you have very little chance of scoring on somebody unless they make a mistake you know in mma most of our takedowns occur in the cage because that's you run as far as you can and now you got stuck I, I think just those two things makes a huge difference and you will see a lot of scoring happen if you took out that turtle loophole score out of bounds points I think that makes a big difference yeah. without, without changing a lot fundamentally. There's a two when are, things.
1: Only given that one point where if you push your opponent outside, that would be a huge difference. You know? Yeah.
0: You, imagine, I mean, you run people out of bounds so many times <laughs> you would be racking up points left and right, right? Yeah. But at the same time, people probably wouldn't let that happen. They yeah. would have to try to stay closer and then you would probably take them down anyways. But like, it's much more satisfying, I think, from a spectator point of view, you know, to see like, oh, this guy won by like four points or six points versus he won by rough advantage. It's like, oh, you know. I think it does an injustice because I feel when we're scoring points, ideas we're supposed to be rewarding the guy who's pressing the action and doing technique, who's executing. But when you don't score anything and you lead to an advantage, it looks like it was a coin toss. You know, so it doesn't reward that the competitor for taking the risks because every time you go for a technique is a risk. You could fail and, and go back. Mm-hmm. True.
2: That's true. It's a good, very good suggestions. Um, guys, unfortunately I got to get going, man. I got a meeting in 10 minutes. I got to get ready for, but um, Andre, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity, man. We've been playing phone tag for, for a couple of weeks now with this, <laughs> interview, but um, I, I really it's wanted to pick your brain. Amazing. And, um, Man, I, I wanted to congratulate on your career. I've been a fan mm-hmm. since I've known you. Um, you know, you, you've always been one of the, the best competitors in the game. And like they, they said, you know, you couldn't make the argument. You're the GOAT. So, man, mm-hmm. congratulations on an amazing career. Uh, you, your students, your team. And, uh, you know, you've been to the gym before. But if you're ever back in the gym, you're always going to be That's welcome true. here. And, uh, you know, I would love to have you join the ADCC Masters Club. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, I, it was a great pleasure. I feel so comfortable. I feel so good here to Talk with you guys. You know, Robert's been a great friend for a long time. You know, I know him for a long time. And I thank you so much, Robert. Uh, I know, like, I was, like, a little busy, you know, but then I said, okay, now let's, let me do this. And, um, and fortunately, I did. You know, I feel really good, like, after we, we talk here, I feel really good about, like, everything that we mentioned here um you know it, it was amazing to be with you guys uh david too thank you so much for for uh everything putting your thoughts right here and you know, also it's amazing definitely i learned a lot you know after this uh, meeting with all you guys and uh, i appreciate uh everything you know i just appreciate like you, the time that you guys reserve like just to talk and and do this interview i appreciate that i feel i feel really good Thank you. Thank
0: you, Andre. And uh, just one last thing for you. Uh, Let the people know here where they can find you online on social media, where they can learn more about you.
1: Yeah, so they can find me on uh, Atos Online. So atosbjjonline.com. Right there we have over uh, 3,500 techniques. I'm putting like some courses right there. Um, And you guys can also find me on uh social media Galval v j j um, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, most like Instagram right the grand <laughs> <That's right. laughs> GalvalVJJ, so thank you so much and we have like we have uh, great things coming you know so you guys will know soon and hopefully this can be great for the GG community I'm doing my best here still, mm-hmm. even awesome, though we awesome. are locked. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Thank you guys. All right. And I guess thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed the show as always feel free to leave your comments, suggestions, feedback, and all that good stuff with us. You can find us on social media at breaking the guard and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you can visit our website to get all of our podcasts and the latest and see all the different podcast mediums we're available on at BreakingTheGuard.com. A final word from one of our sponsors, which is the Kimura Trap. Of course, the Kimura Trap system is my first and arguably best project that I've made for the, the martial arts world. It's been a worldwide revolution with Kimura Trap now being a commonly used term, which is the one I created back in 2007. The course now is over 11 hours long in video. It comes with an ebook, book uh, with a mind map, everything in one shot. You can order it again at KimuraTrap.com. And if you use the coupon code KLDIS87, You'll get $50 off. Again, that's K-L-D-I-S-87. You'll get $50 off your order. So go ahead, visit uh, kimuratrap.com to learn more.